Jesus' name. We thank you for life. We thank you for the power of the blood. That blood that has broken the power of sin, washed us and sanctified us and set us apart from that bondage and brought us into a newness of life. We thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood and paying that price. We thank you for your great love and Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here today to lead us, to guide us, and to teach us, to show us things to come. I thank you that you are present right now here. You know every single person's situation, their circumstance. You know where they are in their growth in God. You know all of those things, and you're able to take the word today and make it life to them. You're able to apply the anointing to every area of their life and break every yoke of bondage. And so we release you to do as only you can do to change the hearts of men and women, to equip us to do work of ministry, to strengthen us, to walk in the day and the generation in which we live. We thank you for doors of utterance being open to speak as we ought to speak. We thank you for giving us ears to hear what you are saying to us. And we might live with strength and we might live with insight, with wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who you are. Flood our hearts with light that it would show up every dark area that the enemy has tried to keep hidden, keep as a place that he could attack. I thank you that it will be revealed. We'll see the hope of our calling. We'll see the riches of the glory of your inheritance. We'll see the exceeding greatness of your power that you release towards us who believe. That same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at your own right hand. We thank you for revelation knowledge today. We pray over this prayer cloth right now in the name of Jesus that it would be saturated with the anointing of God. When it's laid and brought to the one who is ailing, that all pain, all damage would be healed and restored and the pain would go. We declare and command healing power to be released into this cloth and through this cloth that there would be healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we do thank you for this day that you've made for us. We rejoice and we are glad in it. And we thank you for everything that will be accomplished in every heart and in every life, in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? It is a great day to be alive. In fact, it's really a, a, a tremendous, tremendous day. You know, the guys on the announcement are always uh, um, telling you what day it is to celebrate. And I have no idea why they missed today. I believe that it's one of the greatest days that could be known. It's National Grandparents Day. So to all of us grandparents, I'm just messing with you. It's a great day, but it's the first National Grandparents Day that I get to celebrate. So I thought we should make note of that. <laughs> so air five somebody around you and uh, then you can be seated. Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you all. It's good to uh, have all of you that are joining us online this morning. We want to welcome New Creation Church Meeker with us today. We want to say hi to all of you. Why don't you give them a big hand? And we're glad that you're with us today. 
Praise the Lord. I want to remind you of a couple of things once again in the announcements. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we're gathering together here in person to begin to pray uh, concerning our nation and the things that are going on in our nation. The Bible just tells us if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and, and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then God will heal their land. And I believe God has a healing for our land. He has a revival that he's bringing to the earth. And so we want to participate in that. I also want to make you aware of this because it's going on at the same time we began to do this. But we want to participate in this uh, to the degree and support this. Uh, it's 2020 uh, Valley Prayer Challenge. And so there's about 50, uh, a little over 50 churches within the valley in the western slope of Colorado that are participating from September 18th to the 28th. And so you can learn more about that and get on. There's different pastors who, who are sharing little blurbs. I don't know if we'll, we'll be on there or not. Um, we're just uh, trying to go with what God wants us to do in cooperation with this. But uh, you can go on to uh, facebook.com slash 2020valley-prayer-challenge. Uh, uh, anyway, I'll put this, have somebody put this on the bulletin board back there. But I believe it's very important, and it's an awesome thing that 50 churches are gathering together. Just as uh, Pastor Tasha said, as we gather together in united prayer, it's like, you know, if you're going to move furniture uh, and you got a good group of people to move furniture, it's so much quicker. And uh, so just think, if we're coming together, we're doing what God tells us to do, but we're also joining together uh, with 50 other churches in our region to begin to fast and to pray. So it's a time of fasting and prayer, 10 days. It, uh begins on, uh, what is it, the Feast of Tabernacles, ends on the Day of Atonement, and uh, so there's, there's significant bookends to this 10 days, and so just encourage you to get on. We'll put this out there so that you can get on, and uh, we are participating in that in our Monday prayer, and, and then on, in those 10 days, uh, we'll be bringing forth more about that. Amen. And so what about now? And man, we've been in a series that we've entitled, What About Now? And I want to talk to you about some things today that I trust will really help us continue in the day that we live in. Because, you know, really, we, we need to take and, and walk in our life every single day and understand that every single day creates new opportunities to release the power of God. It creates a new opportunity to show forth the life of God that is within us. It creates a new opportunity for us to be a light to the world and to declare our faith to others. And so really, now is the time. We've heard this before, but now is the time. Everybody say, now is the time. We are the people, and this is the place of the moving of God. We want a move of God. I think in order to get one, we're going to have to be a little bit more enthusiastic than that. But we'll just try it again. Say, now is the time. This is the place. We are the people for a moving of God. Amen. And so we're just talking about right now. I love what Alan said, and, and I've been, we've been talking about this at different times, but you're not here by accident. You weren't born in this generation by accident. With everything going on around, you can start to go like, what in the world is going on around here? But we need to begin to focus on who we are and what we have in the midst of what's going on in this generation. Because could it be... Right? Mordecai said to Esther this, 
Could it be? And I believe the answer is yes. But could it be that you were born into the kingdom for such a time as this? And I'm just going to give you the answer to that yes. You were born into the kingdom for such a time as this. You say, well, man, if I could have just been born back in some other day. You weren't born in some other day. That was the day of that generation. If you were born in the day of the healing revivals, that was your generation. There was a lot of stuff going on in that day. There was a lot of trouble that was going on in that day. The the nation was just coming out of the Great Depression, World War II, and and it could have seemed very bleak, but all of a sudden there was a healing revival that arose, and God created a revival because that generation was called to such a time as that. But we are called to such a time as this. And if we just sit and we say, you know what, well, that thing is coming, that thing is coming, we need to realize that right now we are in the middle, God is moving, God's moving in the unseen realm, endeavoring to bring it into the seen, but it'll never come into the seen realm without the church understanding today I have decisions to make, today I have to have God moving in my heart so that I can bring what he's moving in my heart out to the sphere of my influence around me. And once we begin to churn what is in our hearts, once we begin to realize and release from the inside of us, outside, we're always going to be talking about a moving, but we're not going to be experienced the move of God. And so we have to, yes, say there is a move of God on the horizon. I believe that we are in it. We're in the thresholds of something greater than the world has ever seen, the great harvest of souls of the earth. We're looking at ushering in the return of Jesus Christ for his church. We're in the last of the last days, but we've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so now is our time. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now is our time. This is the day, the whole dispensation of the church, and we need to get confident instead of looking and say, you know what, it's the rioters' time, it's the politicians' time. No, this is our time. It's the time of the church. If the church will take advantage of it, it's our time. And so we need to think about what about now, what about today? What's my response to the activity around me today? What's my response to the Word of God today? What's my response to the Spirit of God today? We can either be reactionary to everything that is going on around us, or we can be responsive to what God is doing in our time. And so our foundational text has been this And I just want to go over it and have you continue to have this down in your heart. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you say, why do you keep repeating that? The moment it goes off in our hearts, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And every day you wake up and you say, today is the day of salvation. Then faith has come through hearing this word of God. And so he says this, he said, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. And behold, now, everybody say now. Now Now is the accepted time, and behold, now is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time for us to begin to arise and shine. Now is the day to proclaim salvation to a lost and a dying world. Now is the time. 
Say, well, someday I'll get around to that. Someday God's going to show me his will for my life. Someday I'll be bold enough. No, today is the day. Today is the day to stir up that gift on the inside of you. Today is the day to ask God for a boldness to speak his word and to stretch forth his hand that signs and wonders might be done in the name of Jesus. Now is the time. Because it takes something just small, like engaging with someone, whether it's in the grocery store or in your neighborhood or a place that you work and find out they're troubled in their life, their family's in trouble, something's going on in their body, and there's a boldness to just say, you know what, I know there's a solution there. Can I pray with you? And put your hand on their shoulders. I know you're not supposed to, but turn your head. Put your mask on. There's no distance. The centurion said, just speak the word, and my servant will be made whole. Six feet doesn't make a difference. You can pray for them. And then all of a sudden know that in your words and in your faith, you release power. And watch in the days to come how they come back, and they say, something changed. The day you spoke to me, the day you shared that, something changed. It's not a time for us to draw back, but it's a time for us to press in. Isaiah 43 says this, Behold, I will do a new thing. And now, everybody say now. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? We don't want to be those that the Lord just, you know, Jesus said to the Jewish people, he said, you missed your day of visitation. We don't want to miss our day in our time. We don't want to miss the day that Jesus is actively working through his church and we miss it. He says, shall you not know it? I'm doing something new and I'm doing it right now. Don't you realize, don't you understand what I'm doing right now? And we as the church need to know what he's doing. And he's even making a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 2. And this is what I want to launch into today. And I know that it will take me just a, a couple of weeks to cover what we want to talk about and starting today. And Paul is writing to the Galatian church here and starting in verse 16, he says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. He said, listen, if we know that sin and justific uh, justification of sin comes through faith in Jesus Christ, not by the works of the law, and we find something working in us, sin working in us, God's not a minister of that. We still go back to faith in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of our sin. He says, for I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been, listen to this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And here's the phrase I want us to get. You can underline this, highlight this, make a note of this. He says, and the life which I now live. Everybody say, the life I now live. He said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. I want us to begin to look at and understand what is the life that I 
now live? What does my life look like? What is the situation of my life? If I was to wake up tomorrow, what would I say about the life that I now live? Not the life that I used to live, not the life that I'm going to live, but what about the life that I now live? And the importance of the life that we now live, as the Apostle Paul said, the life that we now live by faith in the Son of God. The life that we now live by faith in the Son of God. It's an incredibly important phrase, and we see it over and over and over again in the Scriptures and the importance of it, that if we understand that we were justified by faith, then we understand that those who have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ live every day of their life by faith. And I challenge us to begin to look at this every single day day of our life, to be aware of it every single day of our life, that we would be practicing and exercising faith in God every single day. It's easy to begin to walk through life and not one portion of that day, maybe in your prayer time, maybe in your devotion time, but after that, hardly even think about God, hardly even think about what you believe about what Jesus did for you, hardly even call upon him every single day, just at a moment's time or, or go three or four days without even thinking about walking by faith in Jesus Christ. But Paul said, the life that I now live today, right now, I live by faith in the Son of God. And if we look at that and we begin to understand that, that living by faith helps us to stay focused on the things that God has shown us and walk in vision. Habakkuk chapter 2, starting in verse 2, it says this. He set himself in prayer. And if you understand Habakkuk a little bit and read it, he was much in a day like today, and, and Habakkuk was asking God. It's like He said, like, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the world. There's all kinds of evil going on in the world. And God, it doesn't really seem like you're, you're doing much about it. And as you read through the first two chapters, he talks about all that's going on in the world. But then after that, he begins to talk about what God is going to do. But right here, he has set himself to pray and what he will do and how he will answer the Lord. In verse 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said to me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will come and it will not tarry. Then he makes this statement. He says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. In other words, he says, listen, you see a lot of people out there who are living in their own pride, in their own way, in their own deceit. He said, but listen, I'm going to give you a vision, and it might not happen today, but it will come, and it will not tarry, and it will arrive at the appointed time. And so he says, if you're going to stay in the vision that God has given you, that is for an appointed time, and it's for an appointed place, so that you end up in the right place at the right time, he said, the just shall live by faith. He said, the pride, the proudful live in their own ways and it will come to destruction, but the just live by faith. They keep their focus on the word of God and the vision that it creates every single day. They keep their focus and their trust and their reliance upon what God has said and God has shown them. And no matter what goes on around them, they walk through every situation and come out the other side into what God has planned for the appointed day because they live every day. Not just some days, not yesterday, but every day by faith. In Romans, the first chapter, in the 16th verse, the apostle Paul said this, he said, for I'm not ashamed 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. If we're going to have a revelation of the righteousness of God so that we can live every day knowing that we've been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb, that we can know that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ, then we are going to have to live by faith. He said the righteousness of God is revealed in this, and it takes us from one level of faith to another level of faith so that we are living as the justified Every single day, right now, by faith. Come on, I've been pastoring for 30 years. I know this about my own life. I know this about people that I talk to. And unfortunately, as believers, we move through our life, and we're not thinking about faith in God every single day, throughout the day. Right? All day, every day. What about now? When we get into situations of life, when we get into arguments with our spouse, when we hear news about the, the things that are going on in the world, when we hear things about finances, when we have trouble at work, do we stop and just go, wait a minute, God, what do you want me to do? What does my life demand? If I'm a believer and the Word of God and the Spirit of God live in me, what is my response to this? And when we hear that response, it most likely will not be the one that you like. It won't be lash back. It won't be fight back. It won't be get vengeance upon that. It won't be tell your wife or your spouse that you're done with them. They're, they're not worth it anymore. It won't be giving up on your children because they haven't done exactly the way it should go, that they're struggling in their life. It won't be to react in a natural sense. It will be to respond with the word of God. And he says, you got to do that by faith because sometimes it doesn't seem like it will help. Sometimes it seems like to fight back with your flesh would be more valuable but he says, listen, we don't live by the justification that our flesh brings. We live by faith in God. And when we do, God comes on the scene and he performs exactly what he promised. We don't live by faith just on Sunday. We don't live by faith just in the prayer closet. Those are important, important times for us to fuel ourselves. But we live by faith in the circumstances of life. We trust God with our relationships. We trust God with his plan for marriage. We trust God with our children and the appointed plan for their life. We trust God with our finances and our giving. We trust God with our church relationships. We trust God with everything. That's what he's called us to do. Many times we stumble. Many times we have trouble. Many times we walk in disappointment because on Sunday, we say we have faith in God, but by Wednesday, we're trusting in our own might, in our own strength, in our own ability to defend our own stance. And when we do that, God steps aside. He doesn't leave us, but he says, if you got this, let's see how it works. But when we trust in him, he begins to get involved in the activities of our day to accomplish exactly what he said that he would do, the just live by faith. Turn with me to Galatians, the third chapter. Now, I know that we're a faith church, 
But you know, faith is not something that once you have it, you always have it. Faith is something that we continue in. I was just teaching in our, our Bible school, our second year, about faith this year, uh, starting their, their class. And you know, faith is just something that you have to examine all the time. When Jesus told his disciples, he said, oh, ye of little faith, he wasn't talking about the size of their faith. Because he said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this sycamine tree, be uprooted and be cast into the sea. What he was actually talking about is the duration of their faith. He said, back there in the meeting when we're feeding the 5,000, when I'm preaching about the kingdom of God, you're all in. But the moment this storm hit, you were all for getting out of the boat when you saw me walking on the water and you wanted to do the same. But when you looked at the storm, you doubted that you could do it. And you began to sink. So you started with faith, but you didn't carry faith all the way through. So even if we're a faith church, we need to be reminded that it's not something that we do on Sunday and it fades by Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. It's not something that we get excited about. And then all of a sudden when circumstances of life hit, we don't know what to do and we don't know where God is. But every day we live by faith and the realization that we have a covenant with God, that he's made promises to us, and that every promise of God has its yes and its so be it in Christ. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 11, it says, But that no one is justified by the law... In the sight of God is evidence. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Why do the just live by faith? Because it's by that same faith that Abraham had that when he heard the word of God, he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And the blessing of God came upon him. And the blessing of God was a promise of Isaac, but not just a son, but of generational blessing that would go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Generational blessings of the spirit of God. And we live by faith just like Abraham and not by the law, not by the works of the flesh, because it affects not only our life, but our children and our children's children to the third generation. Why do I want to live by faith? It'll keep you in step with the vision that God has given you. It'll cause righteousness in your relationship with God to be revealed from faith to faith. It'll cause you to walk in the blessing of God and the blessing of the Spirit of God upon your life and affect your children and your children's children. That's why we want to live by faith. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 35th verse, he says, do not cast away your confidence or your faith, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but we are those who believe to the saving of the soul. We believe to those, we believe with those who go all the way to the saving of the soul. 
He says the just shall live by faith. And when we live by faith every single day, it helps us and strengthens us to keep us from drawing back into the old way of life. To live by faith right now every single day will help you keep from backsliding. I could ask for a show of hands, but we probably won't want to do that. How many of you have ever backslidden? Some of you might be new in the faith and say, I don't even know what backsliding is. I don't know what you're talking about. But you were on fire for God. You were walking by faith. You were trusting God. And all of a sudden, you found yourself slipping back into your old ways, into your own place. He says, we get, go back into that place of sin, that our thought life, those things. He said, no, the just live by faith. We hold fast our confidence in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us every single day. And by doing that, we keep ourselves from going backwards and finding ourselves in a position and saying, I don't even know how I got here. I'm back where I started. It's because we didn't have the consciousness of the life that I now live right now. Not in just a whole span of time, but the life that I live right now. What about right now? Where are you in your day-to-day -day walk, in your faith, in what Jesus Christ has done for you? Is your attention scattered? Are you pulled every single direction and find you get to the end of the day and God has not really even been incorporated or what Jesus has done for you has not even been incorporated. That's what I meant. The, t the interpretation of that tongue is not even been in incorporated into our life. We've just done it our way without even thinking about it. Or we've been caught in the flow of the world and got to the end of the day, the end of the week, and didn't even think about how we got to the end of the week. We just got there. But that's not God's plan. His plan is to understand that the life that I now live today, I live by faith in the Son of God. Why? Because he loved me and he gave himself for me. And because of that divine covenant and that relationship, I give myself to him. I give myself to him not only in my church life, but I give myself to him in my marriage. I give myself to him in, in raising my children. I give myself to him in, my, in raising my grandchildren and being with my grandchildren. I give myself to him in my career and in my job, in my business. I give myself to him. Why? Because he gave himself to me. And when he gave himself to me, he did the most extraordinary thing, and that was to break the power of sin over my life that was breeding and developing destruction down the road. And the life that he gave to me was the life of God the eternal life that would take me through every situation and every day and would take me higher and take me into more and take me through difficulties with the same plan and the same purpose that he had from the beginning, walking in relationship with him and in his blessing every single day. Amen. That's the good news. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's the good news. And so the life that we now live, we're not living a life, you know, we're not saying, you know what, I, hey, I tried that faith one time. About 10 years ago, I tried faith and it didn't really work for me. Yeah, 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 pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in faith. You know, I got some things going on and I'll get around to walking in faith. No, it's not the faith that we walked in one day. It's not the faith we plan on walking in someday. 
It's right now the life that we now live. Because some people say, I tried that faith thing and it didn't work. Well, faith is not something that you try to see if it works. Faith is something that you live by. Amen. Something that you live by. Now, I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I'm just going to put this into this nutshell. Faith is a trust in, a reliance upon, a faithfulness to, and a conviction of the truthfulness of God and his word. So every day, right now, right now, the life that I now live, I live by a trust in, a reliance upon, a faithfulness to, a conviction in the truthfulness of who God is and what his word has said to me every day. I stir that up and I bring that about for every situation of life. And so we ask ourselves, what is it? What is it today that I'm putting my trust in? What is it today that I'm putting my reliance upon? Am I relying upon other relationships? Am I relying upon my wife to make me happy, to give peace into my life? Am I relying upon my employer to supply my every need? Am I relying upon all of the things around me? Or is my trust in and my reliance upon and my conviction in Jesus and what he's done? I know we're in church today and everybody's listening, but it's so easy on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to almost totally forget about it. Even if you have a devotion time in the morning to end it, 7.30 or 8, get in the car and go to work and get so distracted by work, get so distracted by the activity that we don't ever think about him. But I believe that he wants us to say when the activity hits, it, that's when we think more about him than we ever have. When the job begins to get trying, that's immediately where we kick in and say, God, this is what you've equipped me for, is this troublesome time to trust you with what, how I should respond, what I should do, and how I make it through this situation. Not forget about it and revert to my own strength because I know how to handle this. I know how to protect myself. I know how to guard myself against this kind of stuff. I know how to intimidate and push back in my own flesh. No, that doesn't get us where we need to go. It might temporarily, but it doesn't get us to the place that God is leading us into. And so it's so easy to trust in the arm of the flesh. It's so easy to trust in things that we've done in the past. It's so easy to trust in our emotions and our temperament to manipulate other people and situations. But God doesn't want us doing that. God wants us to respond in faith in God. So our faith every day, and we'll pick up here next week, our faith every day first of all, needs to be what Christ has done for us through the work of the cross. To every day begin to understand. I can't go into this in very, very much depth. We don't have any, that much time. But to understand this, that every day if you stop and think about Jesus bore my sin. So I don't have to act this way, and I don't have to do this, and I don't have to feel guilty, and I don't have to go back to remembering he bore my sin. He washed me. He cleansed me. He sanctified me. The second thing that we're going to go into and we're going to dig into, because now, right now, who we are and what we have in Christ. See, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have been passed away. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new and everything is of God. That means something to you. 
who you are and what you have, the authority that you have over situations of life in the name of Jesus are incredibly important. Praise the Lord. Third. I I wrote it wrong. Oh. What he. (laughs) Didn't make sense to me. Sometimes I can't read my own writing. What God, by his word and by his spirit, is doing in you right now. Every day, what Christ has done for you on the cross, who you are right now because of that, and what you have in Christ, what he's doing in you by his word and by his spirit, and then faith in what he wants to do through you. If we live by faith, the life that I now live, I live by faith in what Jesus did for me. I live by faith in who he's made me to be. I live by faith in what he's doing in me. And I live by faith in what he desires and is doing through me. We're going to touch on those four things in the next week or so. I hope that it will encourage you. I really believe with all of my heart that this statement right here, I want it I want you to go to Galatians chapter 2. I want you to look at it. I want you to, you you think it's just a small thing, but it says, when Paul said, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It says, it really denotes a new kind of life and a new quality of life. And the quality of life that he's talking about is the quality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you and we praise you and we magnify and we glorify you. I thank you right now and ask you, Holy Spirit, right now to impart a fresh spirit of faith upon this congregation. That every day we'd begin to walk our life and begin to look at our life and we would trust you, rely upon you, adhere to your word, be convinced that your word is true for every situation of our life. Move by your spirit upon every heart. Begin to uplift every heart into that place where the enemy has tried to sift them and shake them and shake them down. Jesus said he would come to do with Peter. I pray that their faith would not fail them. And in fact, you would grant unto them a spirit of faith that would arise in their hearts like never before. And we thank you for it. If you're watching by live stream or online, or if you're in this room, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, or if you say right now is the day I need to come back to Jesus. Let's all just pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm done living life my way. I confess my sin to you. I've missed it. I've done it my own way. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. 
I believe that you died for my sin, that God raised you from the dead, that I might be justified, made righteous. I receive that now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you're online, please let us know by going onto the app and putting in my story that you accepted Jesus Christ for the first time. If you're in this room, you prayed that prayer for the first time, there'll be somebody up here that wants to give you just a packet that you can go away with, begin to read, and get off on that daily, the life that you now live. You live by faith in the Son of God. Why don't you say this as we go? What God did in Christ Jesus? Fire exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.